Welcome into the Daily Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Trip, joined as always by my fellow host, Evan. Very special guest, in, not metaphorically in the building today. Um, he's a man that that many would know. I would I would say he's a man of the man of summer, really. If you kind of break it down from from what he used to do, and now he's at Score North with our with our boy uh, Mackie, and obviously love all the guys over there. Fla- fla- flagrant Howells is a must listen and watch on YouTube. I'm much more of a YouTube guy myself, but who am I? And of the Dane Moore podcast, Kyle Tige. Kyle, what's up, man? Fellas, how's it going? Um, uh, you've had some big guests on this summer, so I'm just trying to keep keep the momentum going. But uh, yeah, big fan of this podcast. Obviously, big fan of both of you. And I think uh, we have some cool things to talk about as we prepare for, I don't know, the best season that we can remember. No bigger guests than you, Kyle. Um, oh, stop, 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 stop. Never will be. Um, with that being said, let's just, I mean, you said momentum. Let's just, I mean... <laughs> I don't care. The Minnesota Timberwolves are four and zero on paper, right? So, what do we like about the preseason so far? Like, Ooh. okay, preseason is fairly meaningless. Obviously, it's it's a little more meaningful though than football because you play your guys. Um, I was at a game in Vegas last week. They played the Lakers, like third string guys. Not a lot to take from that. I kind of thought you could take a lot from their win against the Lakers on ESPN on Wednesday, like last night. Um, they, again, are the deepest team they've ever had, and they just have dudes at every position. So it's like, oh, Carl can't play, Rudy can't play? Okay, cool, Nas Reed, Luca Garza. Go get us 35 and 20 combined. Um, and then you see, like, what the Lakers play in their starters and who their bench is. The talent gap between the Wolves bench and a team like the Lakers bench is truly incredible. And no one wants to talk about that now, but, like, that'll be a thing we talk about all season. It's like the depth just keeps winning them more and more games. And I think as cool as the starting lineup is, we love it. D'Lo, Ant, Jaden, Carl, Rudy. Me betting the over 48 and a half wins is because they can just bring in 12, 13 guys that can play. And that becomes a real thing in December and January when it's kind of, you're trying to grind out, you know, four games and five nights type stuff. We, I mean, you know, people have to remember that we we beat the Lakers A squad last night in a lot. Yeah, of ways. I mean, yeah. that's what they're rolling out there with, looking to, to uh, realistically, realistically, not so re- realistically. That's the roster that they think they can win a championship with, whether that's true or not. Uh, you know, their core guys were out there, and the Wolves went out there and handled business from guy one to what fifteen. Like you even mentioned, Luca Garza. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on him, but I mean, obviously, College Player of the Year. But I mean. You have to imagine, based off his preseason, he's making the team, right? Like, he might earn his way. I, I don't think he'll play, but I know he's going to probably be in the G League. But he's certainly earned himself some some uh, some potential uh, scrapped minutes at the end of the game. I mean, defensively, obviously not much there, but a lot to like out of Luka Garza. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to throw this to Evan quick. Like, Luka Garza is not going to be on this team. I think everyone kind of knows that. Luka Garza, like, low-key might be, like, the eighth – best player on the Lakers so like that's just another thing it's just the team is so deep um that's like the biggest thing I'm excited about is that if D'Lo doesn't have it one night okay cool just play Jalen at the point if Jaden's not hitting threes play TP play Kyle Anderson like there's just everywhere you go Chris Finch can just have three guys that can play a certain position it's going to be crazy yeah I don't know if 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 Luca Garza makes the team trip and the reason I love him I absolutely love him I loved what he did last night I was going nuts when I was watching the game 
I was already tweeting stuff. I mean, everyone was <laughs> was going crazy on social media for Luca Garza. What would they call him, Garzilla? But that's uh, good. I like that. Yeah, but um, I I think he's gonna play. I think they're gonna snatch him up for. You're gonna see a lot of Luca Garza in Iowa, and I think that's like a great stash. He's a guy that like you could put him on like a two way later in the year, or he's gonna if there's injuries at all for for any time, I could see him or like. Um, Nate Knight or somebody getting called up. I, you know, I still think Nate Knight has a chance to make that last spot. But other than that, I mean, I don't think he's going to make the team. That's just my opinion. I love him, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. And then, and then I wanted to swing back something to rebound off what Kyle said. We, like in Minnesota, like when you have such a big depth, and we're talking about depth, and all these guys. As I'm watching the game and uh, the other night, and just saying like, wow, our players are so much better than their bench players. I mean, when's the last time we've really had that in Minnesota? Because everybody's listening, and who's a Timberwolves fan knows exactly what I'm talking about. When Carl Anthony Towns subs out or our starters sub out, we are literally just praying that these guys don't throw the game. Like, we're like, okay, can you put Carl back in? Like, please, please, please put Towns back in or please put D'Lo back in or, or Edwards or somebody. Like, we need them back in. But now it's like, if they go out of the game, we have guys who can hold it down and not only hold it down, they can actually bring back, if we're down from the starters, they can come back and, and really help us get back in the game, which I love. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, and it's one of those things. The bench is as deep. I mean, Kyle, you briefly mentioned his name, but, um, and I don't think, again, it's a guy we have to spend a ton of time on because I think everyone's talking about him, but, um, my question is this based off the end of last season, obviously the swing, swing in the trade for Gobert. everyone got excited for this guy. Cause it opened a role Jalen Noel. Obviously the momentum has been there from, from before the, the preseason started, but I mean, have you seen enough in the preseason to, to feel that, that feel good about, about, you know, what you're going to see from Noel this year? Dude, when I watch Jalen Noel, I get sad because it's probably likely this is his last year with the yeah. team. That, that's not a for sure, like, that they're, they're trying to work on a contract. I don't know if you you guys remember this because you're diehards, but when Jalen was drafted in the second round, they really, like, low-balled him yeah. in terms of, like, a contract yeah. thing. And, like, yeah. to the point where I think it was, like, August, and I was like, oh, my God, is this second-round pick kid who was, like, the Pac-12 player of the year, is he just, like, not – are they going to, like, lose his rights? So he ended <laughs> up getting a Gupta special. He's making, you know, good money compared to – us but in the NBA not like I think that dude thinks he should make 15 million a year so mm-hmm. can the Wolves afford that do they want to pay that this roster gets really top heavy and expensive next year with Ant and Jaden's extensions but Jalen Noel is awesome Jalen Noel could start on a half dozen teams right now in the league and could get you 20 points so I think this year he's I mean I'm not gonna say he's the x-factor because the x-factor is D'Angelo Russell but if he can come off the bench and just be an absolute microwave scorer and can run the point a little bit, can play alongside Ant, can replace of Ant, like any of this stuff, he is going to be so much fun to watch. And it's just going to make me sad because if they can't come to an agreement in the season, that dude's going to get paid next year and he deserves to get paid. But if it goes into the summer, he's probably not going to get paid by Minnesota. Do you roll to that point? Do you roll the dice and, and, and say like, just pray, pray to God that, um, you know, because of the impact he's going to have on winning at the end of the year, you can figure it out. Or do you roll the dice and basically say, fuck man, like 
we got to trade this guy at the deadline. I, I'm not advocating for that. I, I, I am a fan who thinks so short-sighted it would make you sick to your stomach. <laughs> and I can't – I am the dumbest fan on planet Earth. So, to me, I, I do, like I'm just trying to be logical here from a business standpoint. Do you weigh the pros and cons if you're, uh, if you're Gupta and, and uh, fuck it, uh, Conley and say, like, shit, man, like I want him here long, long term. But if, if you don't even think that – I mean, they know better than anyone. If they don't think it's even remotely possible to be in the same ballpark of, of him at the end of the year, do you, I mean, do you, if he's balling out, do you trade him or do you just make shit? We can win this year. Dude, it's a fantastic question. I actually talked about this today on Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey. Like, we, we, there's 20 guys right now for the Minnesota Timberwolves that we all love. Okay. Well, they can't have 20 in a week. They got to cut yeah. some guys. They got to send some guys to Iowa, right? And then they're going to be really deep throughout the season. But Tim Connolly's here for a reason, long-term. He's got 100 different assistant GMs. They also don't have a lot of draft capital moving forward. Yeah, Trip, I'm with you. If there was no salary cap, I would just pay Jalen what he wants. I'd throw the bag at D'Lo and just keep paying these guys. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be into a crunch. We haven't even mentioned that Nas Reed's a free agent next summer. Jordan McLaughlin's a free agent next summer. Like, all these guys we love, you can't, you physically cannot pay them all because you just brought in Rudy. So my kind of take i guess is that i think between now and february they they're sellers and i know they're trying to win 50 games and they can go do that with all the depth but like you just said if you know hey jalen's just we're not gonna be able to do this and we can get other offensive production from staggering delo and ant and bringing tp off the bench and you know maybe wendell moore gets a bigger role like maybe we have to trade a guy because we know we're not going to keep him into the summer and go get a couple second round picks that's not ideal But I also think, too, that a forward-thinking front office is going to be like, okay, Luca Garza, the next big thing, like maybe we trade Nas. Because you cannot play all these guys. I want to, but you can't. My brain, the way it works, I'm just so accustomed to the idea of like, oh, yeah, like we have no one on our – there's always one guy because we draft top five every year, so there's always that one guy that we have to pay, but that's not a problem because the rest of the 14 guys aren't even – are barely NBA players. So – my, this is probably a tough question to answer, but just, uh, you know, at the, at the end of this season, do, do you see them picking between D'Lo and Jalen Noel? Do you see both of them walking? Do you see one of them stay? Like, I, I know you mentioned you think Jalen Noel's gone, but for devil's advocate purposes here, do, I mean, is there a pathway that, that both of them return in any capacity, or do you think even either of them are capable of returning? I, I think at least one of them's back. I know they want – I mean, again, Finch said this three months ago, four months ago. Like they, they love Noel. They want Noel to be part of this. They also realize that if they lose D'Lo, they have no point guard. So, like, I think you want both of them. But then this kind of triggers another topic of, like, you know, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lurie make their next big ownership payment this December. And then next December, 2023, they get the keys. They've said all the right things. They've done all the right things. They've painted the walls. But, like, are they going to pay the luxury tax? Because, Trip, if you pay both Jalen and D'Lo, you're a tax team well into the tax. And that means not only are you paying a penalty, you're not getting the paycheck of all the other tax-paying teams. Mm-hmm. So I don't, this isn't supposed to be a downer. They're, they're loaded. They are loaded. They have I know. 42 better players than the Lakers. But it's something that they're going to talk about with all those, you know, Sashin and all these different guys, Steve Sr., Matt Lloyd. Like, this is probably a conversation they're having is, like, what is the yeah. long-term – stuff look like for this team but for now it's just a bunch of dudes that are hungry and have a chip yep. on their shoulder and 
should allow them to win 50 games. Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned that, like the negative aspect. Like, I'm just so used to being like, let's talk about negative things that are going to happen because inevitably they're too good to be this positive about. But um, is there, I'll end with, in terms of the negative piece, this is the last somewhat negative question I have, I hope. Um, how much money does D'Lo want? I mean, I, I love D'Lo, so I'll, I'll, I'll harp on him for it. But like, my God, dude, like, you're a 20 to $25 million a year player. You got your $100 million max, 30, whatever, what was it, four years, 120, whatever the number was. Dude, like, like, do you want to be here and take, like, a little, I guess, a discount in your own mind? But, like, fuck, man, don't you want to be here? Like, let's make it happen. Like, you're not a max player. I love D'Lo. I am saying he is not a max player. He got his max. He's going to be generationally wealthy. He already is, but is it a matter of like making the money work or like, I'm just so I'm concerned about losing my boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, and I, I, we can kind of toss this around. I still hold out hope that they sign him to an extension in the season. Um, but he's a, you know, he's a very confident person. He watched his two friends this summer and Devin Booker and Cronley towns get the max that they could. They're all have the same agent. Uh, I'm with you. Like to me, what's the difference between 20 million and 25 million? But if you just were making 30 some, like I don't want to take a pay cut at my job. He probably doesn't want to take a pay cut at his job. And if he's like, Hey, I got to explore free agency. um, I'm still confident that with that, with him and with this front office, they know if we lose him, we don't have other options. I love Jalen Noel, but you can probably patch together guys to fill Jalen Noel's role. If you lose your starting point guard, dude, I don't like who are the options. You don't get to get $30 million back. So I think they'll make it work. I think he'll probably do a smaller deal, two years maybe, so that when the cap really spikes, when they do the new TV deal, um, maybe he's on the hook again. I'm 28 and I can go get, you know, maybe someone will pay me $45 million a year. But it does that. That's a, that's a thing to monitor because he's, he looked great against the Lakers and he looks athletic and he looks engaged and locked in. But if they lose him next summer, again, not to be doom and gloom, like that's a big deal. Whether or not you like him or not, I love him. But you can't lose your starting point guard for nothing. You think he? I'll kick it over to Evan if this just to end on D'Lo. You think he wants to be here? I mean, there's got to be something to be said about the fact he's been traded or not re-signed a thousand, you know, whatever. He's been traded a thousand times and he's younger. He's like 26 years, whatever. He's young. Like, I mean, there's got to be something to be said about finding a home, right? I mean, I, I, even if it's like you mentioned a two-year deal, where it makes both sides happy. I mean, is, is there a world where he, like, he doesn't want to be here? I, I think he likes Finch. I think he likes the organization. And I also think, too, he's not the most athletic, but he's really, really smart. And he knows that this is the most talented roster he's ever played with. Meaning when he was in Golden State, they didn't have all the talent then that they have now. They had Steph and Clay, but they were you know banged up and stuff. So I think it's a mutually good deal for them to find a common ground on a deal. Um because you can't lose him. I mean, Evan, do you, I, I know what trip feels about him. Like Evan, are you a D low guy? Um, I think D'Angelo Russell, I think it's key that we bring him back. Okay. Kind of go back to what you said. I, I think that you don't really have an option for another point guard. If you don't get D'Angelo back and yeah, it would suck losing Jalen Noel, but if I'm going to choose between one of the two, I'm going to pick D'Angelo Russell because I just think having a playmaker, I think him showing the progress that he made last year, having probably his best season, that he's had since playing um, in that all-star year for the Brooklyn Nets, taking the step on defense, really becoming a leader kind of in the locker room, a, a leader on the floor, 
everyone talked about how D'Angelo Russell was a big part of the defense, how he would call out things he saw and plays. And uh, I just loved what I saw out of him last year. I just think like that part is so valuable. And it's like, if you're going to keep one or the other and you look at Jalen Noel, you can find some scoring somewhere else, or you can find somebody to kind of cover that up. Maybe not. He's not a straight bucket getter, but like, you know, this is the next guy I kind of wanted to bring up to you guys, but you know, Bryn Forbes, my boy over here is looking kind of nice. <laughs> no, I, I think Evan makes a really good point though. Like we want to tattoo Jalen's face on our arms, but like you can find Jalen's. You just, you can't like Jalen Noel is better than Austin Rivers, but Austin Rivers is, can get you buckets. And like he signed for $3 million. So do you just go out and find a guy that will take two, three, four million instead of paying Jalen 15? Maybe, but, I think we're all in agreement. You can't lose your starting point guard. D'Angelo Russell has said himself, he's not the most athletic, not the fastest. He doesn't jump the highest. And that's kind of cool, actually. That means he's not going to, like, age poorly. He's going to be able to keep doing what D'Lo does until he's 32, 33. So uh, I think that's a big topic to monitor this year because, well, everything's going well. They got to kind of have a long-term vision, too. They can't just be like me and Tripp who are just focused on, like, can they win tomorrow? Can they keep this thing sustainable over the course of these next four or five years? I agree. I agree. Evan, Evan, you mentioned him, but Bryn Forbes was Bryn Forbes. might what? be the most low-key best addition of the offseason. I mean, on, I mean, obviously outside of Gobert, but like I'm talking about from a low-key standpoint. Funny story about Bryn Forbes. Um, obviously, I live in Michigan. A lot of my friends went to Michigan State. He played there. Uh, I was at a bar pretty drunk, and I walked up to him, tried to buy him a drink. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Love him, though. So, <laughs> shout out to Bryn Forbes. Never thought he'd play for the Wolves. Very friendly. He just didn't want me to buy him a drink. Shout out to you, Bryn. Evan, you're, you're, like, you're like leading the charge for him, right? Because I was lukewarm on him yeah. at best. I actually didn't like the sign. But wow. you loved it, right? I love, I love him, dude. And uh, so, when we first signed him, I'm like, I've always felt like Bryn Forbes, when we play kind of against him it's a guy I've always noticed on the floor I've always noticed him making an impact I'm like god who is this guy like when he was younger when he first came in I'd be like why why is this guy always hitting shots why is this guy out here like I'm like who is this guy why do the Spurs always find these players right and so as time goes on we land Brent Forbes I text trip I remember it we were uh I don't know if you remember that trip but I texted you and we were like oh my god we got Forbes and we're like what and, um, you know, a lot of Minnesota is not really thinking too much of it. I'm just kind of like, okay, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, right? We have Tim Conley here. Of course, he was in Denver with Bryn Forbes, so I can see why. here. But let's just see how it goes, right? I've heard the rumors. His defense is bad. I know it. Statistically, it's horrendous on the defensive side of the ball. But let's just see, right? We lose Malik Beasley. We lose shooting. And now we have Bryn Forbes coming in. Hopefully, he can repair some of it. In the four preseason games, he's been absolutely incredible. Before last night, in the first three games, he was shooting 66% from three. Last night, he went two for four from three, uh, so shot 50% last night, plus 16 in just 17 minutes last night. And, um, I mean, the dude looks – he just looks like he fits the roster so well. Like, I can't explain it to, to everybody, like, how I see it, but I just feel like you watch him and I'm like, wow, like, our system and how Critch – Chris Finch and Tim Conley have it here. I'm like, he really fits the mold. What do you I mean, boys he's, think? He's a, I mean, for me, it's pretty simple. Like you're talking about an elite three point shooter for basically in, in NBA money terms, you basically got him for free. So 
that's all I really have to say. I'm going to kick it over to Kyle because hearing you say you hated the signing is alarming. Okay, no, 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 not, not I hated it in terms of I, when I was in Vegas for Summer League, I was hanging out with like a lot of the, the guys that covered the Denver Nuggets, and like they were had a bad taste in their mouth because I think, and I would have to go back and double check this, but I think Forbes was just kind of meh in his stint with the Nuggets, um, not nearly as maybe polished as, as he was in San Antonio or Milwaukee, which, by the way, those were two winning organizations. So, like, same with the Kyle Anderson coming from San Antonio, Memphis. Like, the Wolves have always signed the free agents that come from, like, the Kings or the Pacers. Like, now they're getting these guys that are, like, proven vets, winning organizations, played under good coaches. So, I think Forbes had a bad run in Denver, but I've kind of forgotten about him. I, I wonder if someone in here tweeted out some things about the Bucks. Like, I forgot how good he was on the Bucks and, like, how much of a role he had on that thing. I didn't think you could just replace Malik Beasley – with another volume shooter and have it work. And I was totally wrong. Like he just comes in, doesn't have to do anything, just runs around screens, hits threes. Last night, I think he had a four point play. Like I didn't think he was going to be in the rotation. And last night after like, I had a couple glasses of wine. I was like, should this guy start? Like this guy's <laughs> fantastic. So Evan, I concede to you, like you were spot on on that. And this team does need as much shooting as possible. I'm not worried about the defense. They've got long guys. They're the second longest team in the league. Like, you can never have enough shooting. He is a professional shooter. So I was wrong. Trip was wrong. Evan was right. Um, and if they win, maybe Trip, Trip, don't stop trying to buy guys beers. They'll, someone will let you get, get them one soon. I'm on record saying I love him. Great guy. Okay. He was friendly, <laughs> but he was like, why are you like, who are you? But I was just like trying to be cool. And I, I was 21 or whatever. Like I was not cool. So I've accepted that. Um, it's been eight years. So um, Kyle, uh, what about? Speaking of Kyle, what do you make of Kyle Anderson? I, I just think he's – I think he is, like, the glue. Uh, he's been you – know, last. I think against the Lakers, he took a couple threes, hit one. It's not always pretty. It's not always fast. Um, but I just think he's the guy that if things start to go really wrong in a game, Finch is just going to sub him in. He'll, he'll sub him for Carl at the four. He'll sub him for Jaden. He can play a bunch of positions. He can bring the ball up a little bit. I just – he, yes, has the nickname Slow-Mo, but he does see everything in – in a speed that just allows him to not make mistakes and get rebounds. He's long. Um, and again, like this is kind of, I was looking back at like free agent signings. I think there's a pretty strong case to be made that Taj Gibson was like the best free agent signing this team has ever had, which is like low key, really embarrassing. Um, Kyle Anderson is very much in the running to take that crown. Like again, go back and look at who they've signed, not necessarily who they've acquired in trades, Kyle Anderson's going to have a massive role on this team. He's going to play, you know, depending on what happens with Nas, yeah, you know, if he's still here, you know, all season, Carl and Rudy, if they're not playing center, Kyle Anderson might just play the five. So he's, he is the Swiss army knife. Every team needs a Kyle Anderson. Uh, and that was the signing that it came. I was like, Oh my God, I've always, every, we all have types, both dating and in yep. sports. Like Kyle Anderson's my type. Like I just wanted to have that guy on my team because he does a bunch of stuff. And I love guys that do multiple things. Interesting kick. I, Evan, what do you think of Kyle Anderson? Last night, okay, I want to bring it up. Like, it, like his, his stats, I'm looking at it right now from just last night. He's put up stats like this, um, other games this preseason as well. But I just want to, like, for our listeners, I just want them to be able to, like, really hear, like, how versatile this, this man is. So Kyle Anderson last night has nine points. He had five rebounds, four assists, a steal, and he ends it with a plus seven. So, like, he just – he's not he, – he's kind of like what Kyle said. He's not going to come out there and he's not going to wow you in his scoring or do 
anything incredible, but he just does all these little things like Todd Gibson used to do for us. The glue guy, keep us together, not turn it over, uh, can handle the ball, just get you all those little and, and like what I just read off the stats. I mean, he just stuffs the stats and it just we've needed that here since Taj left. He's going to be somebody that Memphis Grizzlies fans are going to miss dearly. And I think he was a big part to the Memphis Grizzlies team in the locker room and from a veteran leadership. And I think he's bringing that here. He's played in winning organizations with the Spurs, with Memphis. And so I think Kyle Anderson is going to be somebody who every fan's going to love. Yes. You might not see me, might not be the loudest guy and like might not do the crazy interviews after the game, like Anthony Edwards, but I just think Kyle Anderson's a guy who's you're going to, at the end of the game, you're going to look at the, the box score every night and you're going to be like, oh, wow, Kyle Anderson had 12 points and eight rebounds and seven assists. Like, I didn't even know that. He almost had a triple-double. He's going to be that guy every night. By season's end, over, under, um, nights per game at Target Center, two and a half that you see a Kyle Anderson jersey in the crowd. Oh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under. Um, but I, I do, I think that's a really good question. Actually, I think to Evan's point though, like I bet you all three of us at some point throughout the season, multiple times will tweet out during the game. Like, wow, Kyle Anderson's only two steals away from a five by five. Like that's the type of guy that Uh like, like you said, he, and hell, he might struggle to get to the five points. That's, that might be the worst part, but he's going to get you assists. He's going to like, he's just going to block that shot. He's going to run a break. He's going to get an assist. He's going to get a rebound. He's going to get a steal. Like he's another one of those guys too, that. He was one of the first guys Tim Connolly wanted when he got here. And he met with Finch and they did all this stuff. You know, order of operations, he came a good week before the Gobert stuff even happened. Like, if they were going to embrace the Walker-Kessler era, it was going to be with Kyle Anderson. So that was a big part of what they want to do moving forward. Like like Evan said, he was a huge, huge asset in Memphis. Uh, and to steal a guy away from a team like Memphis and put him on your team, that's a big deal. Plus, he, he's well-respected in the locker room. Uh, I, when I was in Vegas, like they sat up next to Ant. Um, I just think that guy is going to be kind of one of the adults on the team as this young team continues to learn how to win games. I wonder if he kind of takes like the leadership approach, kind of like a Torian Prince, like a more quiet guy, but that calming influence kind of role. And then uh, on top of that, I'm just, you know, Kyle Anderson, how many guys in the league do you really have on your team that are 6'10"? and can handle the ball like Kyle Anderson. And that's just, it's going to be something that's like overlooked right now. But like, if you have an injury or you're in certain scenarios, like he could be used, whether you want to, like if you play him at the five, like you said, like he could play small ball, you can play him in super, you can go really big in certain lineups. And then when you have Jaden McDaniels and you have Kyle Anderson, Basically, one of them can be on the floor at all times, giving you that length, that size, and that defense. So you don't really have to, like, like before it was kind of like, oh, like, we lose defense if Jaden's not coming off our bench, even though he was, right? So now it's like you always have these, you have Jaden, you have this length, you have Rudy Gobert, you have Kyle Anderson. It's just like D'Angelo Russell's long. I mean, you throw in all the length at every team, and I think that's, that's underrated weird concept to be this excited about a bench team in minnesota 
Well, I just think too, it's like it's if Chris Finch is the chef, he has like a he he has the whole grocery store, right? Like think we're always so focused on a starting five and then the six man. And then who's the one backup big? Like you might have lineups where Kyle Anderson's running the point. He's got D'Lo and Ant on each side of him, which is a lot of length and you know, sound defense, and then Jaden at the four and Gobert at the five. Like that's an extremely long versatile lineup with you know three and a half shooters and a big guy to protect the rim finch is going to be able to do so many different things that yeah it, it is it to trip's point it is weird that we just keep geeking out of our bench but i think it's because the wolves have had good players before starting they've never had this much depth and really again it's this isn't football it's not 17 games 82 games is a grind we're hyped now but man by game 48 we're like holy shit we still got 34 more of these things yeah. And having multiple guys that can play and give you 35 fresh minutes, that's gonna that's how this team takes it to the next level. Yeah, speaking of the next level, um, are you am I the only one that's a little worried about the Jaden McDaniels hype? I know your answer answer, Kyle, but go ahead. Uh no, no, because I think you saw him be attached or involved in trade rumors that essentially netted multiple extra first round picks instead of giving the player to Utah. So you want him to take a leap and you want that leap to be, I don't know what, 16 points a game and eight or nine rebounds. I don't think that's functionally available. I just, you have too many other guys that you got to feed. We, we have you know Jalen and D'Lo, Carl. Um, but I think you have seen him. I mean, he just went at Russell Westbrook last night. It was really sad and embarrassing for the Westbrook family. Not only did he go at him on offense, defense, he didn't give a, he didn't give a shit about what Westbrook was trying to do. He had that whole back and forth throwing the ball thing, kind of showing his like personality that he had in Washington, which I love. Like, be have a little dog in you, like be like get some technical fouls. We love that shit. So, I don't think he's going to score as much as you want or rebound as much as you want, but he is attacking the basket a little more. He is dribbling more than ever before, um, and I I think he'll be worth the hype far more on defense because I think this team is going to be a juggernaut defensively, having him an ant in front of Rudy. And I, yeah, and I think we know, at least Minnesota fans know for sure what Jaden McDaniels not only brings, but is probably going to elevate his, his gameplay to bring this year. I just, I, I, I'm just being maybe a little irrational. I just, I have friends that aren't Timberwolves fans, but you know, they hear about Jaden McDaniels regularly. Like this guy's going to be a star. This guy's going to take the next leap. You know, like the, Minnesota's got all these great pieces. Don't forget about Jaden McDaniels. And I get worried that the box score warriors are going to kind of like, like this dude scored eight points. What do you mean? This guy sucks. And it's going to, I don't want, and obviously that's not true, but I just get worried from a hype standpoint of like how, how, he'll, how, how to deal with that. Um, you know, that noise. Yeah. I don't know if it's a perfect comp, but like Mikel Bridges down in Phoenix, like yeah. he was a defensive stud. Like he, he doesn't really blow you away in a box score and it took him a little longer to kind of gain his position, that starting lineup and his, he ended up getting paid just like Jaden's going to. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that trip. Like it's going to take more than a box score to figure out if Jaden had an impact on the game, but you just see him out there in front of guys. I mean, guarding LeBron, he's taller than LeBron. He's as wide and long as Anthony Davis. Like Westbrook couldn't do anything with him. There was, they played the Clippers last week. Reggie Jackson had this possession where like Jaden just Reggie had to throw the ball. He's like, I have no plan here. I cannot get by this guy. So I, I, I think defensively it'll be more of a nerds thing the the nerds and the fans like us will be like okay Jaden's impact was crazy tonight but yeah he's probably not ever going to score 30 points yeah no I agree with that and I think 
when you see what he's done, what you've heard in the off season, when I'm sure Kyle, when you saw that he drops what 52 in the pro-am in Seattle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you led the charge. You're like the, the leader of the, the Jada McDaniel fan club over here. So I can only imagine how excited you are watching those highlights. But um, I just think that Jaden, like from what I've seen in the preseason, I've noticed that he's putting the ball in the deck more and he, yeah. he's showing handles more. And I think that like that one play against uh, was it the Lakers or the Clippers where he like spins kind of backwards and then dunks it, you know, base he's driving baseline. That, that play had got me out of my seat. I mean, that was incredible. That, that play happened right in front of me on media row. And it was, it was incredible. He literally took a couple of dribbles spun. And then not only does he spin, which, you know, takes your center of gravity away from you a little bit. Like he just was able to compose himself and then finish by dunking all over Juan Toscano Anderson. So that isn't enough trip for our friends who don't follow the team to be like okay well i've seen other guys do that but it's like yeah but we haven't seen him do that yet and i think that's the next step in like against the lakers last night he grabbed a rebound and just went coast to coast um he didn't do that in year one or year two so he's not going to make an all-star team he's not going to average 20 and 10 but if it's also kind of cool too that he doesn't really need to or like desire to he's not looking to be on the hornets and you know score a bunch of points he just wants to win basketball games and he is going to have such a big role on this team because Finch, uh, that might be one of Finch's two favorite players on the team. And Finch is going to give him every minute he can to kind of prove himself. Yep, I agree. He's a perfect fit for this team. I know Evan's a question, but before that, really quick, that this just came to my mind. Humble brag by you sitting in media row. Um, how, <laughs> how um, for, the, for us peasants that sit in, you know, Stop. potentially the upper deck, ideally the lower bowl, but, you know, I'm more of a, sit behind the you know I, I sit at the tunnel i enjoy the action um with that being said how how elite is the viewing and the spacing that you're given in media row you know the, the timberwolves do a pretty good job it's hit or miss at every uh, arena it's different like out here in portland um you sit kind of in the second level which is actually not bad you kind of sit like center court second level you get a good view um in minnesota you're right behind the bench or you have been in the past so you get to kind of pick up on things that the three of us would geek out over, like during a commercial break or a timeout, like seeing a guy like D'Lo grab Jalen and like give him some pointers. Like I, I love that stuff. Um, and then in Vegas, like we got to sit kind of right on the baseline. So it, it is really cool. Um, I'm kind of like you though, Trip. Like if I'm just attending a game, I kind of like the, the NFL's all 22. Like I want to see the entire court and kind of see how plays are breaking down. So, and also too, I'd probably just prefer to watch games on my couch. Attending games is cool, but <laughs> I'd much rather be on my couch with like a beer and just sending out tweets. I agree. I love it. It just looks like a spacious place. Looks like you got a lot of leg room. It's not bad. It's not bad. So I have to hear both your opinions because we haven't brought him up really yet, but let's talk about a guy who, who's kind of after the the Rudy Gobert trade goes down, you know, it's a guy who, and Chris Finch has come out and said, we're, we're looking to get Rudy Gobert and Carlton Towns, at least one of them on the floor at all times. So you're wondering, you know, where does Nas Reed come up? A guy who's been in a rotation and like how many minutes does Nas Reed get? Does he play every night kind of thing? And Nas Reed's looked really good these last few games in the preseason. And he's making a case to Chris Finch saying, man, I deserve some minutes. You better have me in your damn rotation. What do you guys think of Nas Reed and his play? I, I think to the, the conversation we just had about can you pay Jalen or can you pay D'Lo or can you pay them both, I think there's a way to carve out just enough space to pay them both. I, you can't pay Nas. 
I love, like, I think Nas Reed might be low-key one of my two favorite players. His development, he is competitive as hell. He was the guy that took losing the hardest when they were kind of subtly throwing games those first couple years under Rosas. Um, But long-term, like, okay, long-term, I know where Jalen could fit on this team. And long-term, I know where D'Lo can fit. You're not going to be able to pay Nas Reed seven, eight million dollars to be like your third center when you're paying your other two centers ninety-five million. So mm-hmm. to me, as much as I love the guy, like he seems like the surest bet to be part of that trade him at the deadline for a couple second round picks or a future first or and again he's so good that you might just want to do the player a favor and like, hey, you you don't have enough growth here. Like go go to the go to the Hornets and be their starting center or something. But I think as long as he is here I think he's shown that he can play the four next to those guys. He can stretch the floor. He is Carl Light, again, in terms of he can put the ball on the deck a little bit. So you won't find a bigger Nas Reed fan than me. But, again, after this year, like, I, there's no way I see that guy on this roster. And that's sad, yeah. but it's true. That is sad. I love Nas Reed. I mean, that's probably, in recent years, has to be one of the best undrafted free agent pickups obviously i know there's some maneuvering with undrafted guys sometimes agents say don't draft my guy etc not saying that's the case with this but um you know he has been a guy like you said he's proven he could probably start for a number of teams in this league if not be a key contributor off the bench you're not going to find many big men that can shoot like him obviously rebounding needs to continue to improve but i mean certainly last night looked like a first ballot hall of famer no, no one was at the practice facility this summer more than Nas. I love that. Uh, no one's put more work into their body. Again, you can go look. You can go see how he looked as an undrafted free agent coming out of LSU. Um, he just, you know, he, he was a, another one of those kind of Jaden McDaniels. He was a highly touted kid out of high school, yep. had a bad college year, didn't get drafted, and he has worked so hard that, again, I, I know we want to keep everyone and pay everyone, but he would be a guy that I would be happy and proud if down the road he, he went and got, you know, four years, 40 million. Yeah. Because he's another guy that's not making much money that deserves to be getting paid way more than, yeah. you know, all these other guys that are kind of retread centers get. Like Nas is 22, 23, can shoot, can rebound, just falls down all the time and gets back up. Like that's the type of guy you want on your team, whether like Tripp said, whether he starts or he's a prominent bench player, uh, you want him on your team. I just don't think this team has the wiggle room for him, you know, long term. Do you see? Do you see it that trending upward? You know the amount of players that stay back in in the Twin Cities in the summer because I think if you can get that trend like fully on board, um, as someone who used to live there, like I'm, I understand. You know they don't want it. it's cold. That's all people think is it's cold. Blah 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 blah. But like man, there's something to be said one about count, continuity. Uh, the the practice facility is incredible. And by the way, like if you get these, if you can start attracting guys, I think you can with the talent they have. But long term, like if you can get these guys out on Lake Minnetonka, man, like they're going to be like, man, I want to live here in the summer. Right. But like, do you see that trend of these guys hanging around in the summer? Like you mentioned, um, 1000%. And it, it, it all goes back to when they built that practice facility. It is a wonderful practice facility in downtown. Um, easy access in and out for the players, state of the art stuff all over the place. But yeah, I mean, we're all like love the state of Minnesota and there's no better time to be in Minnesota than the summer months. So I think, I mean, again, you, you'll never be able to compete no matter how beautiful July 8th is on Minnetonka. You'll never compete with Malibu or South <laughs> beach. And those guys will get their, you know, get their minutes in down there. But um, yeah, a lot of those guys, you know, Jaden McDaniels, uh, Jalen, Nate Knight, Nas Reed, Ant was back a lot. Um, 
Carl's back. I mean, those guys are always there. And when they're in town, you know, they want to work on their game. They go to the practice facility. So way more than the past. I mean, in the past, whether it was because the team sucked or they didn't have a practice facility, they had flights booked the game 82. Like they would do post game and then they were off to wherever they wanted to go to. That's not the case anymore. And I think that does is, you know, as kind of sappy as it sounds, I think that talks about the culture and the continuity, like Tripp said, having those guys be around 12 months a year instead of eight is a pretty big deal. I love it. What's the, before we wrap it up here, Kyle, it's been awesome having you on, by the way, but let's just, we always ask a lot of our guests, you know, what is your prediction for the upcoming season? I know you bet the over on the Timberwolves, which, which is amazing. So I'm sure you have them high, but like, what's your prediction? Roughly, you know, your estimate, we'll just go like, what seed do you think the Timberwolves are going to land in, in the Western conference this year? It's a great, great question. I did online in Vegas, whatever I have bet a lot of money on the over of 48 and a half wins. Um, I do think there's a tier above them. I think some combination of Phoenix, Golden State and the Clippers. I, I, if I wasn't a Wolves fan, like I love that Clippers team this year. I just like a bunch of kind of multi-positional guys that can guard different positions. So I think like two of those teams, probably Golden State and the Clippers take the top two seeds. Um, I think Denver's going to win a lot of games. So I kind of have them peg three. And then I have Minnesota just like in their own tier of the four seed. So a home playoff series. I think they have way more depth than Dallas. I think they have a way better kind of injury track record than Memphis. Um, I mean, Memphis is good, but like the whole Jaron Jackson thing, he's out to like Christmas. I just think the Wolves will have no problem with those teams. And then the Suns, I mean, Evan, you're down there too. Like I think vibes matter. And I just wonder if that team, another year older, they're going to lose Crowder for maybe not that much. You know, they just don't have a backup point guard. I just don't – the Suns don't worry me like the Suns worried me 24 months ago. So, I'll say 52 and 30. I'll say a four seed. The West is going to be a juggernaut. But they're going to accumulate so many wins in February, March, and April as half the league turns their attention to Wimbanyana. And the Wolves are just going to – beat the Pacers here, beat the Kings there, beat the Hornets there. And it's going to be smooth sailing those last six weeks. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent with what you said. Um, I picked the three seed. I've always told my guests that I picked the Timberwolves getting the three seed, but, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting season. I think that this is finally when basketball is truly going to be the talk of the town in Minnesota. I think that arena is going to be incredible. The tarps have come up on the upper deck, and now the whole stadium has a chance to be sold out just like the playoff games. So it's going to be quite the atmosphere. Hopefully we can, you know, all the boys can get together, eventually have some beers, catch a game, talk some basketball. But uh, anything to add, Trip? Let's hang a banner in Target Center, shall we? <laughs> yeah, like a real one, right? Yeah. Not, not like a Jane McDaniels. <laughs> or a headband thing like a one that has like a record on it so i think again you i've said this before off the record or offline or whatever like you two are savages uh and you two have stuck around through the dark days so you should be allowed to be excited for this team you should be allowed to be excited for this season um and you should be allowed to talk your shit when you start beating other teams because we've been a punching bag for 20 years and now the punching bag is going to start punching back and it's gonna be a good time and I, I, I speak for everyone in the Twitterverse and in the Wolves Twitter nation that uh, we can't, can't wait to hear you talk your shit to, Kyle. 
Kyle Tige, Kyle Tige on Twitter, flagrant howl, flagrant howls. I can't speak tonight. And the Dane Moore podcast. I'm gonna just go out on a limb. I don't even really think it's a limb and say flagrant howls is hands down the best Timberwolves podcast slash show on the internet. Go on YouTube. Score North, it's an elite network slash channel, whatever you want to call it. Score North's elite, Phil Mackey's elite, Kyle Tige's elite. Everyone over there is awesome. Go check them out. You probably already do, but if you don't, again, it's the best hands down on the internet today. Kyle, can't thank you enough. Appreciate you guys. We'll do this. Uh, we'll do one of these live this season. So uh, let's bank on that. Th- uh, cool. But thanks for having me. Love it. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, boys. Love it. Well, yeah, we'll see you boys later. Thanks again uh, to everybody listening. As always, go Wolves.